I believe having had this obstacle of insomnia, this challenge that I thought was insurmountable, and having it come my way also helped me to connect many of the dots leading up to my desire and the absolute mental courage that I believe I needed to muster to start this very podcast that you are listening to. Not this episode, people. This whole endeavor of this show, right here, right now. Talk about the concept of the obstacle is the way. My name is Michael Shikitano, and this is Right Here, Right Now, a podcast to inspire the learner inside each of us. In a world that is full of so much information, we will help find and package that information so that you can use it in your lives every day in practical ways. And in each episode, we will remind you of the importance of being present and mindful of your daily thoughts, actions, and interactions. It is truly the most vital step to learning and growth, being mindful and present right here, right now, to take on life's challenges and turn them into life's lessons. So come on this venture with us, a new beginning, a new journey that starts right here, right now. Welcome back, people. I am Michael Shikitano, your host of Right Here, Right Now, the podcast where we turn information into action, where we learn from scientists, philosophers, poets, psychologists, authors, and each other. And we pass these lessons along, right? Strike up a conversation today about Right Here, Right Now, turning this knowledge into practical ways that we can be better people in all of the roles we play in our journey through life. And it is here on this podcast where we inform you that the most practical way of taking the information and turning it into action is through mindfulness, an approach that is all about the noticing, noticing our mood, our experiences, our interactions, and yes, the information and content that is out there, muddling through all the noise, focusing our attention on what we are doing right here, right now, to turn this knowledge and bring it to the highest level of consciousness. Some might call this level of transcendent knowledge wisdom, where knowing what to do with the information at the right time, implied in such a way that benefits all involved, and knowing that there is so much that we do not know, which keeps us all curious, hungry for more, questioning more, and putting the pieces of this puzzle that we call life together. And it is through this nuanced process of learning and growth that we may have a better opportunity to seize the possibility of liberating our truest version of ourselves on this journey that starts right here, right now. Today, people, we're going to be talking sleep, and we're going to go way back a few million years or so to let you know where it all began. 
or at least some theories about why it all began, sleep. We will go over the obvious reasons why we need good sleep in just the right dose, and we will share some of the more intriguing and more obscure aspects of the benefits of sleep that helps us as individuals within our communities, but also as a species. And then we'll remind you of some practical ways to help improve the conditions to give us all the best sleep opportunity each and every night. I would like to start by sharing the inspiration for this episode, this focus on sleep. Back in late 2021 into 2022, I had a bout of insomnia that I thought for sure was going to be incurable. I truly felt at one point that there would never be another night in my future that I could just fall asleep and stay asleep and wake up refreshed and recharged. It came out of nowhere. It lasted for nearly two months and most unsettling was not knowing exactly the cause. I began to get so anxious about not sleeping well or at all some nights that this became a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Not sleeping well, and then the mind wanders about not sleeping well, and we perseverate on the inability to just get some sleep. I remember telling Pastor Doug about this story uh, a few months back, which was shortly after my insomnia was under control, and of course he had some great words of wisdom for me really for anyone going through some challenge or obstacle. So Pastor Doug shared with me that we can think of two things when faced with these sorts of obstacles in life, these challenges in life. One, he said, what is the purpose of this challenge, right? In the vein of everything happens for a reason, and it gets you thinking. And two, we ask ourselves, will this ever go away? So it was a profound reset, really, in hearing this, right? I was like, whoa. Always a good way to look at the struggle we go through, finding a purpose in all things and that all things are impermanent, right? So I just wanted to share this in case you're struggling with something in your life. Hold on to these two things. Look for and embrace its purpose. This one is a tough one, especially in the moment. And yes, remember, this too shall pass. And be on the lookout for an episode that we will dedicate to the pain and struggle in our lives and how to embrace its meaning and wield it for becoming better because of the pain. I suggest that you go and find that episode, listen to it. It's all about struggle and pain and how it can turn us into better people here, people. In fact, this is a theme in many of the works that I'm reading and studying, building resilience and coming out of a struggle better, being better because of the challenge. It is truly what gives life meaning. So I believe that the purpose that I extracted out of this experience was that it introduced me to the practice of meditation, as this was one of the suggestions that was provided to me when I sought help for my insomnia, help from a mental health professional. And I love that my mental health professional that I worked with was just so open and and caring and so compassionate. Hi, Dr. Beth. And she suggested meditation to me as a tool to assist with my challenge with sleep. And just to be clear, 
the practice of meditation, my practice of meditation has helped me to be a better version of myself in nearly every aspect of my life. And it has also helped me in achieving better sleep. I believe having had this obstacle of insomnia, this challenge that I thought was insurmountable and having it come my way also helped me to connect many of the dots leading up to my desire and the absolute mental courage that I believe I needed to muster to start this very podcast that you are listening to. Not this episode, people, this whole endeavor of this show right here, right now. Talk about the concept of the obstacle is the way. My lack of sleep brought me to meditation. My meditation, the practice brought me to mindfulness, and it really inspired me to share the mindful intentions, all of the curiosity that I I try to, to share and inspire in others to be present and mindful and all the things that we do right here, right now. So back to sleep. Well, not really. Wake up, people. Right here, right now was not created to help you fall asleep. I was fascinated and captivated by a book by Matthew Walker, a neuroscientist and director of UC Berkeley Center for Human Sleep Science titled Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams, given to me by a colleague, And I believe that this book is a book that everyone should get their hands on, whether to read cover to cover like I did or have on hand for a reference. If you are a parent, if you struggle with sleep, if you know someone that struggles with sleep, if you feel like you're always tired, and especially if you do not think you could sleep better or that you question whether there is any need for a good night's sleep, go get a copy of this book. Think of it this way. I heard in a lecture on the importance of sleep recently that if you routinely do not get enough sleep, it's like your body and mind are on autopilot, sort of like adapting to a new baseline state of functioning. And you may not even be aware that you're not performing to your potential. You may have a higher gear that you're not even aware of mind-blowing stuff with this nugget of information. Thanks, Brendan. How this book fell into my lap was a bit of a struggle, actually. I felt like I couldn't even pick it up shortly after the insomnia because I actually believed that it would spark another bout. That was that anxiety and that fear. And of course, I got over it. I opened the book. I started reading, started learning. So let's begin with some of the more practical and pragmatic benefits of good sleep and how inadequate sleep can impact poorly on our health, both physical and non-physical aspects of our health. And Walker writes that he was once fond of the saying that sleep is the third pillar of good health alongside diet and exercise. But he has since come to change his thoughts, and he considers sleep to be the foundation, the bedrock, as he puts it on which the other two health bastions sit. Take away sleep and no amount of proper eating or physical exercise can overcome the sleep deficit. In fact, even sleep cannot make up for inferior sleep. And it has been demonstrated through scientific study that poor sleep, specifically not enough of it, in both of its phases, REM and non-REM sleep, 
has ruinous effects on all major physiological systems of the human body. And I'm not about to teach anyone the difference between REM sleep and non-rapid eye movement sleep. It's just an understanding that they both serve distinct purposes and each reaps its own specific benefit bestowed onto various functions of the body and mind. First, let's look at our cardiovascular system. Quite simply, healthy sleep equals a healthy heart. Studies show that those sleeping six hours or less on average were four to five times more likely to suffer one or more cardiac arrests than those sleeping more than six hours. Even when the study controls for other risk factors like smoking, physical activity, and body mass. That's a wake-up call here, people. Your metabolism now. The less you sleep, the more likely you are to eat more. This is due to the fact that you have less of the hormone levels that tell you that you are full and more of the hormone levels that tell you that you need to eat. Terrible combination here, people. And with less sleep, your body is less capable of appropriately managing all of the calories you take in. This all leads to, most critically, the potential path to diabetes. Insufficient sleep wreaks havoc on the body's ability to control our blood sugar. Again, there's a compounding effect seen in the ability to release insulin properly and the cell's responsiveness to insulin. And that's the chemical that's designed to control and stabilize our blood sugar levels. And when blood sugar is too high and out of control due to diabetes, there is no system or function in the body that can escape its harmful impact. Let's look at the immune system. Sleeping less than your body needs, these studies suggest roughly seven to eight hours, is also related to your body being less capable of fighting off infections. From the common cold to more serious infections, your body's sleep-deprived immune system is measurably less equipped to respond to foreign threats, such as viruses and bacteria. Additionally related to the detrimental effects of poor sleep on the immune system is the increased risk of developing cancer with poor sleep. And here is yet another compounding effect of poor sleep. Should the body develop cancer, the body's ability to fight off the cancer is depleted in a sleep-deprived state. And if these physiological effects of sleep, which impact nearly half of the top 10 causes of death and disability in the United States are not compelling on their own, we will continue on this captivating journey of more of sleep's benefits and detriments. We will now dive into the realm of sleep that has benefited some of the mental aspects of the human species. How sleep continues to help the individual mind and how this has over many, many thousands of years help the species develop into the higher thinking beings we have become. It is truly fascinating. And in the context of sleep and what it has done for the human species, he specifically refers to REM sleep. This is the part of sleep where we dream and how its development in humans far exceeds that of any other species and is responsible for the two greatest developments for our species to survive and thrive. And that's our degree of sociocultural complexity and our cognitive intelligence. 
And Walker posits that sleep is responsible for the evolutionary processes that allowed humans to develop into the socially and cognitively superior beings that we are collectively today. The theory, proven in multiple studies done by Walker and many other scientists, states that REM sleep and the dreaming state that occurs in REM sleep is how we manifest the neural pathways that allow for more creativity, more emotional intelligence, and more wisdom. Yes, wisdom here, people, when we awake from our hard-working slumber. Let's take a look at these proclamations separately. Creativity first here. REM sleep and the act of dreaming assists with intelligent information processing that inspires creativity and promotes problem solving. The brain processes new information, learned information during wakeful hours, and at night during non-REM sleep. This information is stored in the long-term memory of our brain, sort of like on our hard drive. REM sleep then takes over and helps to fuel creativity by taking the new and fresh memories and puts these into the context of your longer-term memories. He so beautifully writes that the new information combines with the older information and that these mnemonic collisions during REM sleep spark new creative insights as novel links are forged between unrelated pieces of information. It's fascinating stuff here, people, taking knowledge and taking it to the level of insight. Let's now discover how sleep can help with our emotional well-being and hence our capacity for being more resilient here. Walker writes that REM sleep, dreaming, takes the painful sting out of difficult, even traumatic emotional episodes we experience during our waking hours, offering emotional resolution when we wake in the morning. He writes that this is the most influential function of REM sleep, the adaptive benefits conferred by complex emotional processing and how humans can instantiate vast numbers of emotions in our embodied brains and thereafter deeply experience and even regulate those emotions. We can also develop a greater capacity to recognize and help shape the emotions of others. And it is in these last few somewhat less obvious forms of the benefits of good sleep related to our mind that have fascinated me while navigating this amazing book. And maybe we've heard that if you're sleep deprived, that you may be in a bad mood, right? Cranky as many sleep deprived parents put it for their sleep deprived toddlers, perhaps that miss a nap. But to translate this into needing quality sleep for the benefit of our emotional makeup and emotional intelligence and hence our social development as individuals is truly astounding. Now put this into the context of the developing brains of, let's say, adolescents that tend to push the limits of sleep deprivation, right? So the next time your moody teenager is looking to sleep a bit more, within reason here, people, 
Think twice about dragging them out of bed and maybe refer to chapter five, changes in sleep across the lifespan. I changed the way I think about sleep with my two young boys, my 14 and 15 year old boys. And I'm going to leave you with more of Matthew Walker's wonderful and insightful words to help us all understand the importance of quality sleep. It is sleep that builds connections between distantly related informational elements that are not obvious in the light of the waking day. So I urge you to get a good night's sleep here, people, so that you can put the pieces of this puzzle together and ask yourself what parts of my life are going well or not so well that may be positively impacted by better sleep. And to me, one of the most fascinating passages in the book is where Walker is describing how sleep evolved for all living beings and how he tells the story that even when many species and lines of evolution split off along different paths, sleep and the need for sleep for living beings survived along independent evolutionary lines. And Walker writes in the context of evolutionary science here, many of the explanations for why we sleep circle around a common and perhaps erroneous idea. Sleep is the state that we must enter in order to fix that which has been upset by wake. But what if we turn this argument on its head, he writes? What if sleep is so useful, so physiologically beneficial to every aspect of our being, that the real question is, why did life ever bother to wake up? So this statement really shook me here. It hit me so hard. It was early on in the book. And, and this thought gripped me for the rest of the journey that Matthew takes us on. I have always been fascinated with evolutionary theory and was captivated by his description of how life evolved and how sleep played a critical role in the evolution of life. And I must leave you with this thought, perhaps yet another purpose that my insomnia provided to me, and that's gratitude. I am so grateful for the restful sleep that I am able to achieve. I wake up feeling grateful and how blessed I am to achieve good sleep every morning. If you're struggling with sleep, please seek out a healthcare professional. Speak to a mental health professional if you feel that would help. It helped me, and I'm so grateful for the incredible healthcare professionals that assisted with my battle with insomnia. For those of you looking to get a better night's sleep, be on the lookout and listen to a bonus episode on what you can do starting right here, right now, to improve your sleep habits. Thank you all for joining us right here, right now. We'll see you next time, people. Sweet dreams. Next up on Right Here, Right Now, we are talking love, people. Just in time for Valentine's Day, and we will be talking about a special and not so popular type of love, a love that is vital to being able to live a life filled with an abundance of more fulfilling love, a love that we must start to be more comfortable with, a love that we will come to learn is critical to being able to love better and more deeply and more genuinely. And the love that we'll be talking about is the love we have for ourselves. That's right, people, self 
love. We will discuss the emotions of empathy and compassion and how we often consider these elements related to others. We will learn the importance of practicing empathy and having compassion for ourselves are key to loving ourselves more wholly. We will learn about the concepts of self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness, and how we can use these practices to overcome the barriers to self-love, which includes self-criticism, self-judgment, and yes, even leading to self-hatred. So come on this journey of being present and being mindful and how mindfulness can help unleash a more loving version of yourself to yourself right here, right now. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time, right here, right now.